Hello. Welcome to Blonde Moments Podcast. I'm Gina Vogie. And I am Melinda Collins. Back with another shitty intro. <laughs> You're selling yourself short, darling. Maybe it was really good. I sounded like, I thought I sounded like a cow. Hello. You are. Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. Moo, moo, moo. Oh, God. Cut we haven't sang in a while, I, I feel. Like we haven't sang on a... I think we sing every episode, <laughs> Gina. I don't know. You always say, it's been a while since we've talked about poop. No, we just talked about it. No, we just it. talked about shit. It's every fine. episode. It just keeps happening. <laughs> it's what we do. Well, I am fresh back from the sunny state of Florida for my little trip. <laughs> and he... Did you, did you run into Bulldog or Pitbull? No. What was his name? We did not. Not this time. I, it was still Florida, but it was actually uneventful as far as like anyone crazy. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Surprisingly. <laughs> but I will say, I mean, obviously, we all know I lived there. My husband did as well, too. So we were like, let's be touristy and go stay at like one of the beach resorts on St. Pete Beach. Mm-hmm. We were like, yeah, let's do it. The very first night that we were there, we went to the bar. We met people from Milwaukee. Really? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and they were having a good old time. Same age group as you? Um, No, they were younger than us, but okay. I would say like they were in their mid-30s okay. you know, or early so 30s. much, much younger than you. I, I, okay, just a couple <laughs> years younger than us, all right? Um, But they were having a good old time. And it was one of those things where we saw them that first night we got there and then we saw them every day thereafter that's cool whether it was like seeing them go through the parking lot you know with their towels and their drinks or on the beach like randomly they would pop up next to us (laughs) i was like there's our friends and chris was like no no be our friends They were having a good old time. That's what you're supposed to do on vacation. We did. I drank entirely too much and I'm paying for it now. I need a new phone because I dropped my phone so many times in (laughs) the sand. And you finally just entered the newer phone stage of your life and fucking just ruined it. I need a new liver. I need a lot of water and (laughs) vegetables. That's for sure. It's funny because you always do that dry January. And then I always feel like at some point soon after, you guys just tear it up somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we did that in Florida. Remember I told you that I'm not doing the dry January no, no, anymore. I got I made you. packed. But I'm just saying it's funny. What was the point? I did like a blood oath with you. <laughs> yeah, I have it written in blood hanging on my wall. Never going to do dry January again or dye my hair dark again. Yeah. So I wanted to start out today with a really funny story that I found. And there, you know, me and my TikTok now, I've become such a TikTok groupie. <laughs> but a woman found that there was an urn in her home she found out the reason why this urn was in her home because she shared her home with her boyfriend he would use it so he could cheat on her and pretend that she was dead <gasps> so he'd like oh bring women gosh. back to the house and because like to explain away why there's pictures of them 
on the walls and stuff. So we did red flags last week. That is a huge red flag. My gosh. That is taking it to a whole new level Mm -hmm. right there. I mean, I feel like as the girlfriend, I'd be like, what's with the urn? I wonder how much pity pussy he got for that. (laughs) That's true. So much. Because they're like, oh, he's the grieving husband. I feel so bad. Let me comfort him with my vagina. (laughs) I mean, he's an asshole for that, but he's also kind of a genius. (laughs) You know? Yep. It says, your ex-boyfriend who told his hoes you were in an urn so he could cheat. And there's a picture of her holding the urn. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Dude, first of all, it's brilliant that he thought of something like that. And second of all, like you said, how much tail is he getting because of that? So much sympathy, pussy. My Pity, God. pussy, whatever I said. Pity, pussy. <laughs> well, I have a... F- Not a similar story, but a cheating story that Laura sent in to us. She sent um, an article about a woman who caught her boyfriend cheating after his Fitbit said he burned 500 calories at 2 (laughs) a.m. Excuse me, what were you doing? Yeah, she said his Fitbit snitched on him. I said, oh my gosh, that's a whole new level like of checking up. Forget looking into someone's phone, your Uh man's phone. Let me see your Fitbit app. Uh Let me pull that shit up. Uh Oh my God. What other excuse do you have for burning 500 calories at 2 a.m.? Right. Because usually 2 a.m., that's when you're like sitting down somewhere eating a whole pizza by yourself. You're not running a marathon, right? 500 (laughs) calories is a lot of calories (laughs) to burn, even for like an hour workout. That's pretty good. Yeah. He was really good. Yeah, he was pumping away, man. But like I've heard of people, you know, checking like their credit cards and finding like Uber Mm -hmm. receipts and things like that. But this is another brilliant way to catch your dude cheating. Yep. Oh, girl. Let me sync up with your Fitbit activity and you know, daily whatever, just so we can never even think. Yeah. And then you're just checking that shit to see when they're burning calories. Sir pumps a lot over here. 500 calories. Damn. He is not a lazy fucker. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> Laura said, number one, she damn well bought that for him. And number two. You know she did. You know, you she, know did. she did. She yeah. did. That's what's even shittier. Uh-huh. Ew, he's like wearing it on his oh, on yeah. his wrist and like mm-hmm. getting off of like coochie juice and stuff. Mm-mm. Yeah, she said. And number two, he's dumb as fuck for wearing that during sex. For real, take it off. Like now, this is her personal story. No, oh, it was okay, just she an article that she sent in okay. to us. God, man, she, with technology, you're not safe doing anything, anything anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have a cheating boyfriend story, too, that I wanted to share. I guess we're just on a theme here today. We're just on it. And for me, this is another TikTok one that I found. I'm bored, (laughs) y'all. I'm pregnant. I'm not feeling great. So she, this TikTok user found evidence that her boyfriend was cheating. And what she did was she redecorated his room with every unfaithful message and image that she could find. So literally his entire room is wallpapered with screenshots. Oh no! I, this is this is the type of petty I can get behind. Yes, because you know he's gonna come home and he's gonna see all of it and be like, and hopefully caught. she has like her shit packed and she's gone, and all he has is the room of his ruins. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's ruined. She said that her partner had always told her that she was crazy and paranoid for thinking that he was unfaithful, which we did talk about mm-hmm. in, in our red flag episode. And she was like, oh, he's not gaslighting his way out of it this time. And she super glue sprayed this stuff all over his walls, faces, phone numbers, <laughs> dirty pictures. It took her about two hours to do everything. And I did not see if there's a follow up. Like, I don't know if she taped him. You know, actually coming in and seeing everything, that would have been great. That would have been great. Mm-hmm. Hell yes. I'm behind this one, too. It would be funny, too, if he was coming, like, there with a girl. Mm-hmm. hmm Oh, man. Another brilliant way. <sighs> Another brilliant way to be petty. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you just shouldn't fucking cheat, right? Like, if you don't want to be in a relationship, don't be. He. You can be he. Did you see a hero? I said he. That? He. I really sounded like a Wisconsinite there. Oh, my gosh. Hey, you can fuck anybody you want to when you're single. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to worry about all that other stuff. And no one's going to be going through your personal stuff or wallpaper in your room. Checking your Fitbit. Using a fake urn. <laughs> still I, I mean as a girlfriend i'd be like what the hell do we have this urn in our house for it would be what's his excuse for that then right yeah. oh man i bet you he had it like tucked away or maybe he told her it was like his great aunt or something sure you know? so he lied to her too about what the urn was what a dick oh man <laughs> i gotta say it is genius but it's fucking wrong <laughs> it's <as hell>. wrong <laughs> It's so wrong. So did you see that article like on memes on Instagram about the um, meth attack squirrel? No. (laughs) There was like memes going around of this meth squirrel. So I had to delve further into this because I'm like, what is going on here? So this happened in Alabama. (laughs) Of course. It's not Florida. Florida's off the hook on this one. An Alabama man wanted on drug and weapons charges has posted a video denying he fed methamphetamine to so-called attack squirrel (laughs) that he considers a pet. Mickey Polk posted the video on his Facebook page Tuesday night as authorities continued searching for him. It shows him stroking a rodent that he indicates (laughs) (laughs) that he indicates was the same one seized during a search and then released by authorities. So the same squirrel that the police release ran its way back to him. Well, yeah, that was his dealer. (laughs) He had to go back. He said, you can't give squirrels meth. It would kill them. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I've never tried it, he said. He said the squirrel, which he kept as a pet, was safe and not a threat to anyone. The public isn't in danger of any kind of way from the methed out squirrel in the neighborhood, he said with a laugh. He told the Associated Press that a friend gave him the animal shortly after it was born, and he named it D's Nuts. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what else would you name it, right? Oh, my God. I I mean, you just think of, like, how people are on meth, and people at least still have, like, their, I mean, maybe not, but, like, some part of them that's telling them right from wrong. I imagine squirrels don't have that. This next part is my favorite part of this story. (laughs) This 
is how he said the squirrel came back to him after police raided this house and released the squirrel into the wild. So he denied living at the home that was raided, but said he went there after the raid, saw the pet squirrel in the treetop. The animal scampered down and hopped on his shoulder. He said he just pulled up and whistled. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I cannot. D's nuts. Come here, D's nuts. People, man, I just, every day you learn another thing about what somebody has done and you're just like, the human brain yeah. is amazing. I want to know this man. I want to know this squirrel <laughs> whisperer, whistler. Like, what the hell? This man has seriously done a lot of meth in his life. <laughs> yeah, with his pet squirrel. Appar- you know what? Maybe the squirrel is addicted to meth. I think so. <laughs> and D's not. That's what I like- said. He's his dealer. He like He wasn't going too far from him. He needed to get his fix. Oh, my God. I really hope this man didn't feed a squirrel methamphetamine. Oh, I really hope this story is true. (laughs) (laughs) He said he's had he's raised D's nuts since it was a baby. (laughs) I've had it since it was a little pink thing, he said. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, yeah. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) I will try to keep you updated on this story if I hear anything more about it or if you guys hear anything more about D's nuts let us know we're interested we're we're invested now yes <laughs> i mean i want to see video of this squirrel i do too well it's an interesting story nonetheless we'll um see if we can go down the wormhole on that <laughs> <laughs> well y'all i want to put you all at ease because the texas butthole tickling bandit has finally been caught oh <laughs> Wonderful news. Didn't even know there was a tickling Didn't butthole bandit. Didn't even know that one existed. <laughs> I mean, this could be a bad or good thing, depending if you like your butthole tickled. Yeah, especially by a stranger. Maybe you're into that. Just well, a little. I know a man from a Coles parking lot <laughs> that might be into that. One of our listeners sent in asking which Coles you were at. And I said, she's like, oh, my God, I'm from that area. <laughs> Watch out. Yeah, and like, see, you always have to be aware. Mm-hmm. Keep those, keep your eyes peeled for that man. But for this Texas butthole tickler, uh, it says that police originally thought their suspect was homeless, but when they picked him up, he was actually wearing $4,500 worth of Yeezus clothing. Yeezys? <laughs> Yeezus. Yeezus? Yeezus. What's Yeezus? That's Kanye. Oh, so he has Yeezys, yeah. shoes, and Yeezus clothing? I get his clothes on. Oh, man. <laughs> but so I guess what he was doing is he was breaking into people's homes and tickling their buttholes. Can you imagine if you woke up in the middle of the night and a man was in Yeezus tickling your butthole? <laughs> This is one of those I'm hoping is fake. Yeah. Because if not, you can get shot that way (laughs) real quick. Because people in their homes, a lot of people are armed in their homes now. And if you break into Mm -hmm. somebody's house physically, I'm pretty sure, you know, you have a right to defend yourself. I, I may vary from state to state, but... That's a quick way to get shot is by coming into breaking into someone's house and tickling their asshole. For sure. 
Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> he was just wanting to tickle some butthole. He's like, who can really be mad about this? That's too dangerous of a lifestyle for me. And th- sir, d- d- do they say this man's name? <laughs> no. Dear butthole tickler, <laughs> there are so <laughs> There are so many fucking apps out there now. and yeah, I'm sure there's a, a booty hole you can just rub on the screen, right? Well, or, you know, there's forums and apps where you can be like, wanted people to role play butthole, <laughs> random butthole tickling. Oh, my God. You know, or you can pretend like he's a stranger walking in and be like, oh, no, who are you just here to tickle my butthole? Like, there is other ways to go about this. You have it all down to a science. Yes. <laughs> There's always other ways than what this man was doing. Well, he's been caught. Yeah, well, thank God. (laughs) I mean, I had several people message me about that Cole's man as well, too. And and the same thing. They said he was trying to, uh, like, Blackstock was like, he's trying to live out some, like, real-life porn fantasy. Sure. And that's, like, scary, right? Like, what part of your mind has gone so fucking south that you think you can carry out some weird porn fantasy in your head in real life with a stranger in a parking lot? Well, that's why it has to have been – it had to have had worked for him at some point. My God. Maybe – you know what? I'm holding out some hope that maybe I was the first woman he ever tried this on and he failed mis- he's miserably. Like, Shucks. And so I'm he's done. never going to try it again. <laughs> That's wishful thinking, my dear. <laughs> Not a chance in hell is he stopping. Also, we put up a little fun thing on our Instagram. I'm going to switch gears here from yeah. the weirdo at. Uh, from all the weirdos we just covered. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we put up a fun little uh, questionnaire on our Instagram asking you all to ask us any question. And I haven't looked at any of these. Okay. So we're going to start it off. Walsh Lime said, can I fly both y'all out to LA $50,000 each? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, were you in a Coles party? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, my original advance didn't work. Let's try this. I have, I will have to say, I have been getting asked a lot lately on my personal Instagram if people can send me money and if uh, I would send feet pictures. And I, I'm, I still have them in there, and I'm just debating, man. I'm like, do I, do I start this? Does this happen? Do I just put my Venmo? Do on I just my... put it out there? Yeah. yeah, and see what happens. Like, see, is are y'all for real? Do you want professional feet pics? Do you just want mine? No, you know, screw that. In the I bathtub. ain't paying somebody to take pictures of my feet. You're gonna get what you get. You want them in the lawn <laughs> or stroking the grass? My feet in the snow. Um, well, sir. Although I would have to say thank you for this very generous offer. Very generous. Uh, we tend to not fly out to. Meet strangers for money. <laughs> but if you had like Oreos, maybe. 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 <laughs> um, Kaja Workflow said, are you single? Well, I don't know who that was directed us at, but wah, wah. Neither of us are single, so. And that means you've never listened to an episode of to Blonde episode, Moments. Yeah. But that's I'm, okay. I'm, that makes me disappointed in you, sir. Yeah. You should be listening, sir. Amanda X- or ma'am, I guess we or ma'am. No, I think it's a sir. Yeah, Amanda X Devo said, "Love the podcast, thank you." But I've always been curious, why did you stop the Eighth Sin podcast? Um, we did cover this once uh, in, in a, a little, live in a live. Yeah, 
you know, it's just one of those scenarios where you know how you have a good friend but that you like, but you can't like live with them in an apartment or something. It's kind of like one of those scenarios because essentially a podcast is a business. It just wasn't something that worked out for the two of them personally. Mm-hmm. We had a very different way of dealing with things and ultimately it didn't work out. It didn't. And then that whole scenario happened where the day our podcast dropped, a bunch of her friends went and left us bad reviews on purpose on iTunes. And that was really an unfortunate thing to happen. You know, it kind of left a bad taste in our mouth because you cannot be friends with somebody anymore and not go out of your way to try to do something like that. But, you know, we've moved on. Next question. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like just biting my tongue. Yeah, yeah. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. What was your first impression of each other and meeting each other's hubbies? Well, when I met you, I was already married to my husband, so you were stuck with him whether yeah. you liked him or not. <laughs> yeah. But I think you liked my husband right off the bat. Yeah, you know why? Because he would do JMO shots with me. He was all about it. And he was I was about wouldn't. about it. And you were like you told me porn and <laughs> behind your head, so Bitch, you owe me money still. I'm not letting you go on that one. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, my first impression of you, I loved your energy. Yeah, we honestly, I know it sounds so cliche, but we instantly clicked. Yeah. Like immediately, and we've been friends ever since. And you know, like I feel like as you get older, it becomes harder and harder to like find those type of people. Yes. And for us, it just was like we met each other. We kind of like never looked back. And no. it's been like a easy, great friendship where it's like we just kind of get each other. It's been 10 years of friendship now. Oh, my God. It seems, honestly, I feel like I've known you my whole life. Yeah. And I mean that in the best way possible, not like, oh, God, I feel like I've known her forever. I, I How have I not known yeah. you longer? It's yeah. hard to, like, picture my life without you, like, before I knew you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel like, fuck, I wish I knew you earlier because earlier, you probably would have saved me from a lot of shit in my life. <laughs> I, vice versa. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, meeting Chris – the first time, um, yeah, I was all about it because he was like, yeah, let's have fun. Let's have yeah, a good time. Yeah, he does like to have a good time. I love that about him too. And I remember when you met your husband and I knew he was something different because you were excited about him and you were not so excited about some of the other – Ever. Ever. I don't know if I'd ever felt that way before. And when I first met you, you were actually dating somebody else and I never – it never seemed – No. Right to me. Yeah. It there wasn't like, like a it wasn't like a real relationship. I don't even know how to explain that. It, it was seems like you guys mess. were better friends than anything. Like we're you're just, just roommates. Roommates, yeah. yeah. So when I saw yeah. you guys together, you and Maddie, I was like, oh yeah, this is mm-hmm. this is it. And I've even told him too, like you, like when I was in my twenties. I thought I knew what love was, but I was wrong because like love moves mountains, right? Like as cheesy as that sounds, I had never felt that way about somebody. Mm -hmm. Like I would, honest to God, like take a bullet for this person and like in my past. I didn't, maybe it's just my, me. In your past, even like, well, if you get hit, I'm so sorry. It'd be like, uh, (laughs) I'm going to pull you in front of me. But I just, you know, maybe that's selfishness or maybe that's like immaturity, but I had never it was funny too because like I did not want to go on another date. Oh, and, I remember. Yeah. You were you're like fuck men. <laughs> over you're it. like I might just be a lesbian <laughs> if this is what it's gonna be like. Yeah. <laughs> hey, women are beautiful. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm I've been going after the wrong the wrong gender. Thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember like 
I are in the middle of our first date. I'm like sitting there staring at Maddie and I'm like, oh, shit. I mm-hmm. think I'm going to really like this guy. <laughs> I really like this one. And that's how I knew. And me, my husband was an asshole at first. And I was like, yeah, but I like this one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it happens, right? I mean, he wasn't an asshole, but he was very cocky, you know. Mm. Mm. Getting all hot over here. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I don't want the cell phone. <laughs> all right. Simon Tadaro. Best way to ask a girl out these days because flowers and dinner have been really sucking lately. <laughs> Oh, no. And I love that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Simon, I think that flowers and dinner is very nice. Classic. Yeah. I don't know why this has been sucking lately for you. You're going for the wrong women. Where have you been meeting these women? That's what I want to know. Yeah, we need more information. We need more information. What has been your go to? Because, like, I mean, you're not just showing up at a bar and meeting a woman and you just hand her a bunch of flowers and say, let's go to dinner. Yeah, that's not going to work. But if you already asked her out and you do the flowers and dinner, that. That's a nice, like, yeah. men don't just give flowers anymore. That's like a really classic gentlemanly gesture. Here I say this as I'm like, my husband was a coggy asshole and I met him. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe the girls um, that you're going after are more like Gina. Yeah. And want you to be a big prick. Sir, where do you work? I could maybe give you some pointers how to be a cocky asshole, but not too much of a cocky asshole. I just, to me, it sounds like it's just not the right person. So your dating style and how you want to pick up a woman will work for For the right right person. Mm -hmm. I agree. Don't change who you are because other women are not for you, right? Yes. Stay true to yourself and the right one will come your way. Or at least I hope so. We'll have to message him and find out more info. Yeah, we need more information. All right, more fitness snow. Melinda, your feet are amazing. Why are you anti-foot fetish? <laughs> I am not anti-foot fetish. I am just not a foot person. But people who are all about feet, hey, good for you. Good for you, yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As long as I don't have to see you pull out of a jankle, I think I'm okay. So I don't know. I feel like maybe we need like um, a foot page like your feet need their own page now. oh god <laughs> yeah you know what i will make guest appearances with ness <laughs> on there too you are not be smudging my page with that thing oh i will <laughs> break i'll hack into your account and replace all your pictures with nessie oh man <laughs> did i show you she's got white polish on right now hold on let me show you mm. wow she's glowing yeah, your feet got is. dark man mm-hmm Maybe they're just dirty. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. That one up my nose. (laughs) Sorry. Kiera Keeks Marie. Do you girls get jealous of your other friends slash besties? What other fucking? Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) You know, I'll cut a bitch. (laughs) What other bestie? I don't use the term bestie for anybody else but you, so no. But I will say there's been people who have come into your life where I've had a little, like, smidgen of jealousy because yeah, you're like, that's my best yeah, friend. Yeah, and also because, like, I've been at a stage in my life where it's like I'm not able to just go out whenever I want to and I'm raising, right. you know, a family right now and you're kind of, like, past that, you know, little kid stage. So there's been times where I've had, like, little – 
slices of jealousy pop up and then I'm like, nah, she's I think my writer. Natural guy. as yeah. women too. But also I tr- I trust your judgment one hundred percent. So if you think they're a good person, then I'm on board with it. Yeah. And and know. again, I don't just throw around best friend no. to anybody that's a friend of mine. Like it just doesn't work that way. I feel like I've been burned so much with female friendships too that I value in the past as well yeah Yeah. I value what me and you have Mm -hmm. and it would you they would somebody would have huge shoes to fill so (laughs) I love you (laughs) I love you so much so yes but I, I think it's normal that you know other friends come in and your friends spending more time with that person and you can have your jealousy I mean but you've never made me feel like not included or anything no No. Or that somebody is more important than you in no. my life. Mm-mm. But yeah, I think that I'd probably cut a bitch too. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes they start throwing around the bestie term and you're like, <laughs> excuse me? Excuse- yeah. Oh, if someone else calls you that, I'm like, bitch, no, that's your friend. That's my best friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's your friend. Watch your mouth. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Lisa, when will you girls be doing a live while you tape an episode? We are in workings of this. We are. We are getting a little corner ready. We're getting it decorated. We are going to be doing this. We got some stuff so in the works. I we know we've do. been talking about it for a while, but like we're actually, things getting are in Getting things movement. in motion. Motion, yeah. not movement. Motion. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting things in motion. We're going to start working on really branding ourselves, things that we haven't done yet at all. You know, we've been just doing this for fun, and now we're like, okay, maybe we should actually do a little bit more. Yeah. So it is in the works. Oh, Connor, what made you want to start doing this awesome podcast? Well, thank you. We're both a little dirty. We are both very dirty, let's be honest Yeah, here. and the things that we like to talk about, like there's not – you can't just talk about this stuff with everybody no and i think that's one thing that always had us gelling as well too is we both have a really sick sense of humor (laughs) yeah so whereas other things are offensive to people or they're like whatever like we're back here like laughing right our asses off you know so we're like hey let's get together and do that but record it and if people want to listen to it great if they don't that's great too we're still having fun yeah but i think it was you know like trying to figure out what we wanted to record it on it's like well what's interesting to you to listen to and what's interesting to me to listen to and there really isn't a lot out there of like two girls talking about sex and Mm -hmm. taboo things so it just kind of meshed it just kind of happened and it's always fun sharing stories and so when then we had, we had the, also the idea of, hey, we should share other people's stories mm-hmm. too because everybody has some great fucking hilarious yes. stories to share. So it was fun to incorporate that into what we're doing as well too because I love hearing a good story. Mm-hmm. I love telling a good story and I love hearing a good story. All right. Truly BFA. Does it suck being like rad and hot and shit? Sir, you're making me blush <laughs> over here. Thank you. Are you talking about yourself or are you talking about us? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That was very sweet. Yes. I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah, I'm just just sitting over here. Our cheeks are all red. I'm glad somebody thinks we're pretty. I like that he called us rad. Rad, yeah. That kind of like did it for me. Yeah. I like like that adjective. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh. 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 (laughs) 
the official Rhiannon. Where did you guys meet? We met at work. We had talked about this. Yeah, in Milwaukee. We both, uh, mm-hmm. I was working at a steakhouse for a while, and Gina had started working there, and the rest is history. The rest is true. What's your favorite topic to discuss? Well, sex. Sex. <laughs> dicks. <laughs> vaginas. <laughs> poop (laughs) i mean the same shit we cover every episode right but yeah i mean i like my favorites are you know like the story that gina told today about the meth squirrel stuff like hearing stuff like that will never get old to Mm me no so i those are probably my favorite especially when you're presenting it to me when i just get to hear it oh i love that because we don't share with each other what we're going to talk about before we talk about it at all It's just kind of totally random. It's like when you go to a party and you meet somebody new and they have like a really interesting job and then they tell you a weird story from their job and you just sit there, you're like, oh, yes. That's that's how I feel when you tell me those things. Mm -hmm. And I do love true crime too, which is today's episode if we ever get there. I know. (laughs) If we get there. If we don't, we'll get to it the next one. (laughs) If you guys are here this long listening and you know us, you know you can never tell with us. (laughs) Just never know. Uh, Laura said, inspired by the hype around the challenge All Stars, which is so awesome. Yes. That they're reviving all this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe one day our girl Melinda will get on there. Yep, I wasn't able to do this one because of my pregnancy, so I'm hoping that in the near future it will be on my resume. And then y'all better support her. So Laura said, though, who wins in a hall brawl between the two of us? Neither. Neither? We'd we'd be like sitting in between, like in the (laughs) hall, just like holding each other. Like, I didn't mean to hurt you. Me either. I'm so sorry. I don't, Hall Brawl is my least favorite. If you haven't seen Hall Brawl, basically they do like plexiglass and make like a little hallway Mm -hmm. and you each stand on either side and you're supposed to go through each other to get to the other side and ring a bell. So there's like elbows being thrown, like all sorts of stuff. It's my least favorite. I've seen... A lot of people get hurt doing these. I saw um, when Wes went against Big Easy, like it's just – it's one of those where unless you're the same height, same size, blah, 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 it's unfair. It's, yeah. it's just – I hate it. I That's my least favorite. And yeah, I know I a lot of people say, like that'd it. That would be tough for me. If I had to go up against you yeah, in something it would be like hard. that, mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do. I honestly don't know what I would do. That's what I'm saying. I think we'd just be like, nah – we're I'd good. like we would like raw shampoo and be like, all right, whoever wins just gets to go. <laughs> yeah. Or we'd be we'd like meet in the middle and be like, okay, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh man, that's a good question though. That would be really tough. Yeah. But I will say the so the last episode that was on of the challenge, they had this whole thing where they have to go underwater and then get these rings and then come back and solve a puzzle. I'm like, where is that when I've been on challenges? That yeah. is 100% up my alley. I would I was, like doing something like that too. Ugh. And I was like, oh my God, look, this is how they solve the puzzle. And my husband's like, okay, okay. I was like getting all like geeked out. <laughs> Well, hopefully after you have the baby, you can get on one of these. That would be so fun. So lame answer. Sorry, Laura. But I I don't know who would win, honestly, because I feel like... Yeah. We would both be like, oh my God, I can't... I couldn't like throw elbows at her. Yeah, that would be awful. Yeah, it would. All right, Bear Black. Nerdy question, but if you had to pick one literary character you identify with, who would it be? Oh, that's hard. 
That's this one's a hard easy one. for me. This would be Bella Swan from Twilight. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so today I just saw this <laughs> this video that they were showing how they sh- uh, made them run really fast. Uh-huh. Have you seen no. what they did? <laughs> no. So in the movies, they would show like anybody who had like their superpowers or whatever the hell it was called. They would run super fast. Well, if you get a chance to watch it, (laughs) what they did is they had them on a treadmill running, being pulled by a truck. It looks hilarious. Oh, my God. I just saw that this morning. I was going to bring it up and I was like, uh, perfect intro to that. Whatever. Um, My husband forever makes fun of that part of the movie where she's on his back and they're running through the forest. It looks awful. It looks, it looks so stupid. Yes. Um, But that would be me who I identify with. I would be Bella Swan and there would be one vampire and one werewolf fighting for me and it would be so hard for me to choose. <laughs> No, you'd be like, fuck both of you. I'm going for Mothman. Well, Mothman wasn't in Twilight. But this is your story. Yes, this is. But yes, that would be me. So I truly don't know if I've ever read a book where I identified with the character, like myself, where I was like, oh, this is totally me. So I I might have to think on this one and come back. I'm going to be lame again. I have no clue. And I've read so many books, but I don't ever feel like I was like, oh yeah, I can identify. I mean, not that you can really identify with Mrs. Swan. Oh, I can. Or what? <laughs> what or Mrs. Cullen, because they got married, yeah, right? Yeah, they did get married. Mm-hmm. Dumb. I'd be having vampire sex. I might even leave the werewolf along as well. Oh my God. <laughs> She's like, I'm done with you. <sighs> Good question. I You stumped me on that one, though. Mm, you'll have to get back to us on that mm-hmm. one. All right. I'll do two more here, and then we can be done with this. Chelsea Marie, what's your favorite skincare to use? This one is very hard for me because I have one of those BoxyCharm subscriptions, and I'm pretty sure my husband thinks I have a problem <laughs> because... For a while, I had like FabFitFun, Ipsy, BoxyCharm, and eventually our bathroom cabinets became so overrun. You can't With use all these products, size, right? Yeah. Uh huh. So I just did BoxyCharm only, and they're just full size products or whatever, but. There's no way right now with what I have that I can use everything I have for the rest of my life. Like, no way. I have so much of this shit. Damn. <laughs> so. I will have to say, though, Dr. Brandt is one of my favorites. That's what I tend to use. I have a nighttime serum that I really... You should see the way Melinda's looking You're so at me. funny. I think I should... Isn't there that my subscription addiction or whatever? That's me. I've never gotten one of those boxes. The only boxes I've ever done was Trunk Club, which is not the same. Mm, oh, by Nordstrom or whatever. So for me, I had like a whole awesome badass skin routine and then with my pregnancy my skin started freaking out so I've had to really change a lot and then plus with pregnancy there's so much you can't use but I've really found what has really helped reset my skin was from Crave Beauty which a lot of their stuff is sold out they're Hemp cleanser and their Great Barrier Relief, those two things were like amazing resetting for me. Like if I was getting to a point where I was using so much shit on my skin that like my skin was like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I had to do like a reset. So I went with those two and always, always use an SPF. Oh, yeah. I don't care. Don't let the sun damage your skin. But my favorite 
that I will not be able to pronounce correctly, but it's La Akatan. Lakatan. That sounds good to me. Oh, they have so many products that I love. And my favorite, I feel like a, I'm like an influencer here, but this is the <laughs> stuff that's just worked for me. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you, but they have this divine cream, this night divine cream that I love. It is expensive, but it has done numbers for my skin. And then they also have, you know what? You can just, me- if you have questions, just message me. I'm, I'm not going to go bore. upstairs in Melinda's bathroom and like fill my purse up. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, what? I, th- I will cut you for this. <laughs> Um, but their their Immortal Overnight Reset I love, and then their Divine Cream. But the Divine Cream is pricey. But for me personally, it has been great. But this pregnancy is just kicking my yeah, skin. Hormones butt. do a number on your skin. But if you really have questions about what I use, you can DM me. I've had people do that before, and I've I've tried to help out. Melinda, do you still talk to Johanna? You should invite her on the podcast one day. I do still talk to Johanna maybe once or twice a year. It's not as much as I'd like, but, you know, she lives in England and is very busy. And I don't know what the sound quality would be like, but might be worth a shot at some point if we... I don't think this podcast is up her alley per se. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I don't know if she would enjoy talking about what we talk about, but maybe there'll be... In the future, maybe. I'd yeah. love to have Wes on. I really would. I think like he'd have a good time with this podcast. I think Another he'd be dirty fun. mind. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. We're here for it. <laughs> well, that was fun to answer some questions. It's always interesting the people, the questions people ask, you know. I like it. I do too. All right. Well, I totally changed gears on my true crime story because we had a request, which we love, the request from Kim Gray. She said, hey, love the podcast. It has me laughing all the way to work on my drive. Have you heard about the Bianca Devins murder? Her murder was sentenced today and it might be a good one to cover. She was 19, very cute and popular. He was a friend who wanted more. Thanks for being so awesome. Oh, I haven't heard of this. I had not heard of this either. And so I had to do this one differently than I normally do. I normally will watch a show and kind of take some notes, but there's no shows out there yet about this. So I just kind of had to look this one up. And I got to say, it's very disturbing. So the story is about Bianca Michelle Devins. And she was some type of like, um, well, not some type of, she was like an Instagram like... Influencer? No, I don't think necessarily she was an influencer yet, but she was working her way up there. She had like almost 200,000 followers and people resonated with her for sure. whatever reason. Um, so she met this guy named Brandon Clark and they were friends before this incident happened and at times uh, Clark described himself as her boyfriend and he wanted more from their friendship but there were conflicting reports of the nature of their friendship so some people thought they were just friends some people thought they were more than friends some called him a close family friend while others feared he was just exploiting her and he was often described on social media as a lonely stalker obsessed with her Um, so Yeah, very, very creepy. It is believed that Bianca and Brandon met on Instagram in April 2019 and kept in communication through the Instagram platform. They later met in person when Clark attended her high school graduation party. They were on friendly terms, although... she was young. Yes, she was very young. She was 17 at the time of this. 
Oh, I I don't know why in my head I just pictured somebody in like their mid twenties. Yeah, no, oh, she was like young, God. young. This is so it's scary and sad and it's crazy. Um, she was aware that he wanted to be more than friends, and at times he referred to himself as her boyfriend, despite her saying otherwise. He was described as a close and trusted family friend by one of her sisters. The exact oh. nature of their relationship was a topic that their family discussed and police discussed, and nobody really thought that they were actually romantically involved, though. Just him. Just him, yes. And investigations into his internet history suggested the possibility that he was very obsessed with her. He searched her name and frequently checked her social media platforms, saved photos of her. He repeatedly sent messages to her, like, to the point it really irritated her. There's no evidence that he was abusive, although one of her sisters alleged that because of his age, he was 21 and she was 17, that he had, like, kind of an influence over her. That he was this older guy. And one of the friends suggested that he may have actually taken advantage of her sexually once. Um, and they fear that this happened when they were both high on drugs because he reportedly would give her drugs so she would spend time with him. Sure. Mm-hmm. So just this whole thing is very creepy to me. Yeah. He's stalking her on Instagram. I'm like, how did he show up at her graduation party too? Well, they her sister even said he was like a family friend. Yeah. So it doesn't see. It seems like everybody was kind of like. Oh, he's just Brandon. Like, not a big deal. Yeah, and now it's hindsight. Hindsight is twenty twenty. So now they're like, oh, he showed up here. He was doing this. So now, th- you know, like after the fact, you start noticing like, oh, mm-hmm. that was kind of weird. Yeah. It's probably what's going on. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, So just a little bit of background on the two of them. He grew up in an unstable household where his father repeatedly abused his mother. When he was 10 years old, his father held his mother at knife point for several hours. This led to him being placed in state foster care. And upon meeting Clark, Bianca's mother described him as charming and polite. A childhood friend described him as obsessive, noting his fixations with Pokemon and some other thing I've never heard on, Lollicon. She graduated from high school in February 2019, enrolled at a local community college to study psychology, but she struggled with mental illness like depression, anxiety, borderline personality disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, so a lot going on. Uh, Her isolation as a result of her mental illness led to her seeking refuge in these online communities like Discord and 4chan, which I've never heard of either of those, Mm -hmm. but apparently there were things that made her popular um she once confided to a mental health counselor she had fantasized about injuring herself by jumping off a roof so at 17 yeah and that she had been dealing with online harassment as well too which is so crazy it's like the more followers you get it seems the more people you have harassing you like i don't understand that people are are it's so weird to me and there's like part of like the culture that's going on where like if people get blocked from celebrities they like wear it as like a title. Like they're so proud that they yeah. got blocked. And I'm like, why? Well, yeah, what? I It's weird. So I'm not surprised. I, I can't imagine being it. a high school kid trying to be an influencer and dealing with Their the social media world already. Sure. And you and couple that. Yeah. I can't imagine. It's like it's too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, at 17, I just, I think back, I'm like, I had no clue who I was at that point. Oh my gosh, no. And if you're already struggling with mental health issues, like that's 
you know, that's a, something its own that's very serious to deal mm-hmm. with at a young age. And social media is just an icky world. Mm, it can be. On July 13th, 2019, Devins and Clark traveled to New York City to see a concert. They met a male friend there named Alex and smoked weed. Clark witnessed Devins kiss Alex at the show, which made him very upset. And later, she fell asleep in the back of Clark's car when they were driving home from the concert. He woke her up to discuss the kiss that he saw. She apologized but said they were not in a monogamous relationship. And he was unsatisfied with her response. He allegedly began assaulting her, eventually slicing her neck with a long (gasps) knife hidden by his seat. She died on a deserted... That's premeditated then. Like, he knew what he was going to do even without the kiss, it sounds like. Yes. She died... Oh, my God. This is terrible. This 17-year-old girl, like, ugh. She died on a deserted, wooded, dead-end road. Her body was left in the car as Clark built a bonfire. After her death, Clark called numerous family members. His call resembled a suicide note prompting his family to call 911. He took photographs of her bloodied body and posted them to this Discord server, and they were accompanied by a caption that said, Sorry, fuckers, you're going to have to find somebody else to orbit. By 7.20 a.m., police who had been made aware of the murder by users on Discord, because he posted these pictures of her, they had received numerous calls, including one from Clark himself. They had also by this time made contact with Devin's family. Clark, now at ease, told the dispatcher, I killed my girlfriend and you're going to fuck up my suicide photo. So when police arrived at the wooded area at the location, Clark stabbed himself in the neck. All while posting more photos online, his suicide attempt was unsuccessful and he was taken to the hospital. Immediately following his attempt, he reportedly laid down across a green tarp which was concealing her body. When police arrived, Devins was already dead and nearly decapitated. Oh my god. Clark reportedly spray painted a suicide note and a message was found nearby reading, May you never forget me. So, yowza. He also, from my understanding... And I read this on another, I'm just, this is just off of Wikipedia. You know, Wikipedia just kind of like gives the facts, whatever. I'd read several articles about this. One said that he set up a dash cam and filmed the whole thing. Like, and had looked up on the internet as well to how to upload videos to like this Discord site or whatever. Because I think maybe it was primarily photos if I'm correct. Like, because he had filmed the entire thing and was trying to put that online as well too. And according to the authorities, there was ample evidence that the murder was premeditated. Knives, rope, multiple tools found at the scene. So he had already been planning this out. With or without that kiss, he was like off the deep end. So he was obsessed with her. She didn't want to be in a relationship with him, and he just didn't want anyone else to have her. And then he was going to kill himself too. That is terrifying. Well, the trial happened, and he was... He pled guilty to second-degree murder. I think they offered him that so that the family didn't have to go through all this and see all these photos and videos at the trial. Sure. He was sentenced to, I, I believe, 25 to life. So he has the possibility of parole in 25 years, but the family was like hoping that that no. never happens. How would you let a monster like that back out into mm-hmm. civilization? That's so, awful. This one was really scary to me. You know, I I had, I can't believe we'd never heard of this, but it was just the whole thing is really sad. She's a, you know, just a cute young girl, her whole life ahead of her. And I mean, honestly, probably had no idea that this guy was capable a, of something like that. 
Yeah, or such a fucking psycho. I'm sure most of the people in her life, too, were surprised to find out that he was capable of that. It seemed like he was welcome most of the time. If she had any fear of that, I would imagine that she wouldn't have felt comfortable just to fall asleep in the backseat of his of car. Of his car, yeah. And that's him, which this is obviously, I know. When I saw the photo of him, 21. I was like shocked. Yeah. And I was like, maybe it's because it's like his arrest photo. You know, you can see where he tried to slice his neck as well, too. Man, Man, this one is just really crazy to me, you know, and she didn't even know him before social media. He just found her and developed, wiggled his way into developing a relationship with her and then Man, yeah, this one was really crazy. I'm happy for her family that they don't have to go through the trial and, right. you know, witness all these things. But yeah, I hope he never, ever gets out. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and I, 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 like you said, I can't believe we haven't heard of this before. I had, I had never, and it's recent. It's not like, yeah. you know, this was a long time ago. He was just sentenced like a, a day or two ago. All right, so on Hulu, there is... A documentary series called Dark Side of the Ring. Have you heard of it? Mm-mm. I am not a wrestling fan. Never have been. I know a lot of people in like my dad's dad, my opa, he loved wrestling. Like, like when I was WWF yes, kind like, or E or whatever. Yep, exactly. And I had never paid wrestling any attention whatsoever and we did when we talked about China's vagina. We did. But you know what? <laughs> Even that it's like I, I never saw her wrestle you know i've never really paid attention to the wrestling world right well on challenge mania scott yeager talked about dark side of the ring at some point and my husband heard it and he's like hey well let's just let's just give it a watch and i love documentaries maybe not as much as chris does to watch jasper mall documentary i had so many people (laughs) message me about that too i'm gonna revisit that in the next episode (laughs) we're not letting jasper mall go quite yet (laughs) chris you're not off the hook But so we started watching Dark Side of the Ring, and it is awesome. This documentary, I had no clue the wrestling world had this much sex, drugs, murder, death associated with it. It, Wasn't a real world alum like a wrestler too? The Miz. Yeah, he's still, he's crushing it. He's he's still killing it. Oh, wow. But like, I've never paid any attention to any of this. And like, when I think of wrestling, I think of stage fighting. It is all acting. If you watch this documentary, your mind will be blown. I'm going to have to watch it. It's so good. And every episode is on like a different character and i had no clue i'm like how is wrestling even still a thing with all this death and murder and drugs and all this stuff it's so good i oh, promise you have to watch it i would not recommend it if it was lame because again i'm not a wrestling fan but it has made me have a whole new look at wrestling i'll have to i'm excited i love a new docuseries just not uh, about abandoned malls <laughs> so there's two seasons and the third season's about to come out i think shortly is what i've heard the first season i think is six episodes the second season is 10 and i think we only have like two left but okay. we are just i'm eating it up it's so good it's so intriguing so i am doing my story today on bruiser brody 
who I had never heard of. I've never heard of him either. So one of the episodes is on him and that's kind of what I based it off of. And then I also, there's not a lot of stuff on him online outside of his Wikipedia, which is surprising to me. And you'll understand why uh, kind of at the end of the story. So Bruiser Brody was his stage name, but his real name is Frank Goodish. He was described as a smart man, very family oriented. He was married to a woman named Barbara Smith and they had a son Jeffrey together. Barbara would state that her husband was never Bruiser Brody at home and like she would drop him off at the airport and he'd give her a kiss goodbye and then he'd leave. But as he was leaving, you could see his transformation into this character. Like the Hulk. Yes, sure. If that's your only reference, yes. That's just what it made me think of. I don't know. And it was the way your shoulders. Yeah, like I mean, he, okay, so I'll get into kind of what he looked like. So he he was six feet, eight inches. Oh, my God. 350 pounds. He had dark, long, wavy hair. He looked menacing, and people just thought that he was super dangerous looking. I mean, he if you picture like old school what a caveman would look like, this is kind of, you know. What he looks like? Okay. He was just a huge dude. He had been an all-state football player and basketball player and even played for the Washington Redskins for a period of time. He stopped playing football because he was uncoachable. He just did not want to listen to any authority whatsoever. He decided to get into wrestling because a lot of other NFL players, that was kind of like their next step. Once they'd retire, they became these professional wrestlers. And one of the, or the main guy who trained him, his name was Fritz Von Erich. There is an episode on the Von Erichs that is insane. There's like five or six boys and most of them die. It, it's just crazy. Oh, my God. You're going to love – I think you're going to love this documentary, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm already going to put it in my notes to watch it. And if you hate it, I apologize, but it's so well done. Like, they need to win awards, even, like, their storytelling. It's it's so good. So he becomes this professional wrestler, wrestler under the guise of Bruiser Brody. He was very well known in his sport as being tough and almost unbeatable because he never wanted to lose a match. And a lot of other wrestlers, they call it when you do a job. So a job is when you lose to another wrestler. And he never wanted to lose because he wanted people to always think like he was so tough. His matches always involved a lot of blood from either himself or his opponent. And most of the time, the fights ended up in the audience. There is actual footage of him walking through the audience with like a chain and he's swinging it and you see the whole audience just part like like literally terrified of this guy. So even if you think it's scripted, people are scared Scared, of this guy. But I actually I kind of like fell in love with him. Like you get to see him as like a family man and then you get to see him as a wrestler and he just seemed like this sweet man like he just really put on a show anyways that's a whole nother thing (laughs) i was like no not like really in love with him but like it's her screensaver on her phone right now (laughs) i've really gone to the dark side of the ring he was known for his hardcore wrestling brawling style and he was most notoriously known for his feuds with abdullah the butcher that man's a whole nother story they don't i don't think there's an episode on him but like he's this human like obese man and just you'll see You'll see. Oh, man. (laughs) Before that, he had many other names, such as King Kong, Brody, and Red River Jack. I'm not going to go into all of his wrestling details. If you're a wrestling fan, please don't be mad at me for that, but watch the episode. You will not be disappointed. He did a stint in Japan at the New Japan Pro Wrestling, but here, most of his matches ended in disqualifications or no contests, and eventually he got fired and began working for the World Wrestling Council in Puerto Rico. 
Carlos Colon ran the WWC in Puerto Rico. He was a legendary WWE Hall of Famer. His right-hand man was Jose Gonzalez, who was a wrestler who went by the name Invader No. 1. He was also the booker and had creative direction on the way the matches would go. Brody, Bruiser Brody, was known for being an unbeatable monster to his fans, and that helped fill the seats. So even though he wasn't the booker, Bruiser Brody still had some power. One of the matches he, Bruiser Brody, had had at one point with Jose Gonzalez, who I said was known as Invader Number 1, there were claims that he was very rough and beat Jose up so bad, and it was so bad. This was like extra bad for Jose because he was trying to rise his stardom in Puerto Rico and become the next Puerto Rican star. He was so pissed off after the match that he told a fellow wrestler whose name was SD Jones that one day I'm going to kill that man. And SD Jones even says, he's like, he was like beat to a pulp. Like his face looked like a pumpkin. Bruiser his face? Was no, beat? no. Jose Gonzalez. Bruiser oh. Brody beat up Jose Gonzalez so okay, bad. Okay. And, like, and, and Jose Gonzalez was so mad at him. He's like, I'm going to kill Bruiser okay, Brody was, one day. I thought that he got beat up. Okay, no. okay, okay. It was said that Bruiser Brody and Jose Gonzalez could not stand each other. And some say that's why Bruiser Brody laid into Jose so bad at their match. Over the years, there was also a lot of speculations going on about the way that Bruiser was getting paid or not getting paid. Because of the times where there were times where he actually stopped performing during matches. So like, you know, you're getting you're getting paid to be someplace, but if they're owing you money, why are you going to like perform, right? Right. Yeah. If I'm not getting paid and you already owe me money, then Mm -hmm. yeah, why am I going to perform for you for sure? It should also be noted that over the years, he did help book the shows, and he also worked as a producer for the TV programs, too, so I just wanted to put that in there. The Puerto Rican wrestling circuit was known for pain, blood, violence, piss, poop, all sorts of stuff would oh be thrown. Oh, gosh. There was also a rumor going around that Brody had made a lot of money in Japan, and he wanted to invest some of that into a wrestling promotion, and he had Puerto Rico in mind. There is speculation that one of the owners was trying to get another owner to sell his share to make Bruiser Brody a minority owner. And so, you know, the word is kind of spreading around about that. Uh, The WCCW owed him a lot of money, and it is reported that he told one, one guy that he's like, I'm going to Puerto Rico for this match, and I'm coming back with that money even if I have to beat everyone up. So there's like all this kind of like hubbub going Dang, around, right? Yeah. So much drama in the wrestling world. It is insane, Gina. I'm telling you, I had no clue. I'm thinking, I think of, of wrestling as like a soap opera. Yeah, me too. Like scripted. It is. It's insane. Yeah, there's a lot of times they would plan who would win these matches. But these people literally have like head trauma and it's just watch it. Some speculated that if Brody would have become minority owner, he would have made many changes, and one of those big changes for him would have been that he would have gotten rid of Jose Gonzalez. One other thing to note before I get into the day of the murder, Invader Number 1 lost his daughter one year, she was one years old, um, to a swimming pool accident. So oh, that's terrible. Maybe not in the right frame of mind. Of mind yeah. So July 16th, 1988, in Bayamon, Puerto Rico, Bruiser Brody was scheduled for a match with fellow wrestler Dan Spivey. He was backstage near the locker rooms, and Jose Gonzalez lured him out of the room into the shower area to discuss business. Things started escalating into an argument, and all of a sudden, a large moan goes out. Then a few seconds later, another scream-like moan was heard. 
a fellow wrestler, Tony Atlas, ran out of the locker room and saw Bruiser Brody bent over holding his stomach. Tony grabbed Brody around the waist and pulled him backwards before he could be stabbed again, but the knife actually cut his ponytail off. And Tony's even like, dude, that's how sharp this knife was. He pulled Brody to the floor and began holding his wound, and then Tony looks up and he sees Jose Gonzalez holding a knife. Tony looks down, he sees that Bruiser Brody's intestines and blood is just coming out of his stomach. He said, and Bruiser Brody said to Tony, just don't let them hurt me anymore. And I like loved Tony Atlas in this. Like he was, he is just like, he could not wait to tell this story and like get it out there. And you'll find out why too. But he was just like, I ain't letting no motherfucker hurt you. This is not going to happen. I got you. You're going to be just fine. Like he, I can't imagine seeing all this, right? Carlos... So Carlos Colon, who was like the guy who ran the show, was was back there and he tried to approach Brody and to- and Tony was like, fuck off. You're not getting anywhere near him. And Brody was like, it's OK. Let him over here. I just need you to tell my wife that I love her and to take care of my family. Aww. The arena was full and was to hold a large sellout crowd. And because of all the traffic, it took the paramedics almost an hour to get to Brody. Oh, my gosh. Once the paramedics finally get inside to Brody, they could not lift him. Because he's huge. Huge. So Tony actually helped get Bruiser Brody to the ambulance. At the hospital, Tony Atlas says that it took forever for the doctors to get to Brody. He even states that the doctor said in Puerto Rico, a stabbing just isn't that serious. Like it happens all the time. So it's kind of like put like last on the totem pole, at least in the 80s. I don't, not saying that it's like that now. And Tony actually said he like picked up the doctor, slammed him into the wall and said, you need to take care of him. You need to take care of him now. And they finally go into the room and they pulled off like one of his, Bruiser Brody's shoes. And he, Tony said that he saw like his foot was blue. And he's like, you need to work on him now. You need to work on him now. So they start working on him. And the problem was, is they noticed that his liver had been sliced and the outlook was just bleak. At the stadium, the crew noted that Invader number one was back and he was wearing different clothes. The show went on. Oh, my gosh. After he just stabbed him? They didn't cancel it. And so the doctor at the hospital actually told Tony, he's like, I'm going to be taking care of Bruiser Bro- you know, Brody, but you need to leave because you're intimidating the staff here. You need to leave. So Tony goes back to the arena, and he was so mad because he's like, nobody's taking this seriously. He's like walking through the locker room, and people are laughing. He's like, and his blood isn't even dry on the floor yet. So he was like pissed. Uh, Rumors around the stadium were saying that a wrestling fan had stabbed Bruiser in the hallway. And Tony was mad. He's like, no, that motherfucker right there, that sucker stabbed him. Invader number one stabbed Bruiser Brody. And he's like, that son of a bitch. He's the one who did it. The police weren't sure if the stabbing was staged or not, because remember, everybody thinks wrestling Wrestling, is like super staged. Oh my gosh. A lot of the wrestlers ended up catching wind of what happened. Some of them actually left the arena. And unfortunately, later that night, Bruiser Brody died from his stab wounds, which if the ambulance was able to get through right away and the doctor was probably able to get there, he probably would have lived. Yeah. That's so sad. It's so sad. And I feel like if you watch the documentary, you will have like kind of like a kinship with like Bruiser Brody. Like you'll actually get to know more about him. And like, I don't know, just it made me so sad, like. It's such a stupid, selfish reasons for somebody to stab somebody. You know, like I just, 
Uh, so Tony talked to the police and told them what happened. And he said, hey, when it comes time, like, call me. I will testify against invader number one. Police officers arrest Jose Gonzalez three to four days later. Oh, my gosh. He never spent any time in jail because bail was made for him. 1989, so the next year, Jose is brought to court, and Jose stated that he was acting out of self-defense, and he even testified in his own defense about that. He was acquitted of all charges. <gasps> Notably, all of the witnesses that did not live in Puerto Rico state that they were never called to testify and actually received their summons after the trial had already ended, which is... So not even a fair trial at all no the weapon had never been recovered and the crazy little blurb you see at the end of the episode says that jose gonzalez has ads out there for him to come to your children's parties as a wrestler oh no yep i uh, am all set on i that. just it's like carlos cologne Jose Gonzalez, both of those people seem guilty as fuck to me. Yeah. I mean, when Tony Atlas said him and Bruiser Brody, they went to the gym, they went to go eat. When they got to the locker room, Carlos, Jose, and another guy were sitting in a circle and they were like, it was so weird. Like, they, you never saw them like that. Yeah. And then Jose said, or um, Tony said when Jose called Bruiser Brody out to have a discussion with him, he noticed that his hand was wrapped in a towel. So he probably had the knife in his hand in his then, hand, right? For sure. So that's not premeditated. Really? And then they just use the excuse, it seems to me, that um Bruiser was like just so big. Yeah, and that's what and they say. Like, he was he was so big and intimidating. And I'm sure they showed footage of what he was like, you know, right. as a wrestler. And it's like yeah, but he's not like stabbing people. Like, no, but I'm sure that's how he got off on his self defense thing. Yeah, right? it just sounds pretty fucking corrupt to me. Yeah, the whole thing, the whole trial, just sounds corrupt. It was mm -hmm. completely unfair for Bruiser. I just feel bad for his family. But there are some good, you know, things that came out of it after his death. Japan, he's like top dog for them, and they did like a huge memorial where they had Aww. Brody's wife and son out there, and and. Jeffrey, the son, he even says, he's like, you know, even if Jose had some court justice, it's not enough. I'd like some personal justice. And I'm like, I can imagine. Yeah. Everybody knows who did it. There's witnesses who saw it. And he got away with it. It's fucked up. That's fucked yeah. up. I <sighs> actually tweeted uh, about this show and Dark Side of the Ring retweeted it and liked it so i thought that was pretty cool too yes. but i i say like if you like a good documentary and you want to learn about something that you have no idea about this is a good one it really yeah. is i mean i yeah i didn't know any of this so and this is one episode there every episode you're like holy shit i mean you're like combining sex drugs rock and roll you know because they have like the celebrity status and then an athlete so yeah. you're thinking of like all the brain trauma and shit because there's like a guy who killed his himself, his wife and his son. And Ooh, that one has gosh. just stuck with me. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. Watch it. Well, if you want to watch a good documentary, apparently watch this. If you want to watch an awful documentary, <laughs> you can still watch Jasper Mall. <laughs> or don't waste your time with that Lord. one. Or 
All right. So our next topic, we feel like being a little sexy. Well, naughty, naughty. Spring is upon us. <laughs> We're feeling frisky. KKKK. So we want to hear about your first time sexual encounters. And that could be anything. The first time you felt up a girl... First time you touched a penis, which we all know for me, I was shoving my hand on that guy's pants. <laughs> in, the nutcracker. The nutcracker in fourth grade or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so or could it doesn't have to be like virginity. It could be also like you like a one night stand, you know, yeah. like the first time you had sex with this person, what did mm-hmm. they do sort of thing too. So you kind of have some free range on what that could mean. Total too. free range. Any sexual encounter, whether it was first time with that person <laughs> or just something that stuck with you or is funny or something embarrassing happened, whatever. We want to get sexy. <laughs> <laughs> you can send in your stories to Blonde Moments Podcast at gmail.com or slide in our DMs. And I will end with a blonde joke. What do you call a blonde with two brain cells? Gina and Melinda. (laughs) (laughs) Pregnant. That's a good one. It's not. I have more than two brain cells. Rude.